Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the quick hitter version of Catching Sheep 2.0. Along with Otto Strong, I'm Aaron Berlin. Our featured conversation this week is with Alan Hahn, MSG Network and ESPN Radio. And we talk about why this run of success for the New York Knicks was an imperative one for them and what it means to have Knicks fans back at the Garden. You know, Alan, we had a really interesting conversation with Law Murray, who covers the Clippers for the Athletic last week, about the dynamic in L.A. between the Clippers and the Lakers, two teams <laughs> that are really, you know, the, the Clippers have been the second team in the city for a long yeah, time. Yeah. And they're having to always live in the Lakers' shadow. Well, the Nets have always done that with the Knicks, too, despite how the Knicks have played. How important was it this year? with all the buzz that Brooklyn has had about the players that they've brought in, the players they've signed in free agency, the year that they're having, for the Knicks to have the season that they have to avoid the conversation of who is New York's team. Because we all know the Knicks are New York's team, right? Like, regardless of what it is. But just how important was this season for them? Critical. Absolutely critical. Because, you know, I I was – I had said in 2019 when KD and Kyrie had signed – I said, this is a dangerous place right now for the franchise because, you know, while current Knicks fans are loyalists, they're not going to just go, oh, I don't like the Knicks anymore. That never happens. But you can lose a whole generation, right, of the next group now, the next bunch of kids who don't really have a loyalty. You know, how did, how did I become a Jets fan when my whole family was a Giants fan? Because the, the Jets were still relatively new when I was young, and they were cool, and the Giants were terrible, you know, at that time. So that's what happens. And now all of a sudden, next thing you know, you've got a large portion of the population in New York that are Jets fans. How do Mets fans happen? You could say National League fans, but you can also say the Yankees went through a spell where they weren't very good in the late 60s, early 70s, and the Mets were really good. And that's, boom, now you become a Mets fan and younger generations grow up. So you can lose your foothold pretty quickly if you keep going a number of years while that so-called younger brother team starts to dominate. Now, the Clippers never won a championship while the Lakers were down during the Chris Paul years with Doc Rivers. Had they won one, it might have done something in L.A., but it didn't. And all that time, the Lakers always had Kobe. So the Knicks, this was dangerous. And so with KD playing this year healthy, and then they did make, they trade for you know James Harden, wow, like how are you going to deal with that when they just start beating everybody and maybe they win a championship? That's what made this so significant because no one saw this coming. You know, you didn't look at the Nick roster in December with Tom Thibodeau and think, yeah, this is a playoff team. You thought maybe they could get into the 7-10. That'd be nice. But you never thought they could be, we could be talking, they could be a fourth seed. So that gives you the significance of no matter what the Nets do, at least the Knicks aren't, are no longer that embarrassment where you're, a, you know, you don't even want to talk about them as a fan. You have at least, not that they're competitive with the Nets talent-wise, but at least they're significant. Like I always joke, it's nice to have the Knicks back in the league (laughs) because for years it was always about the lottery now. So it's a great question because I don't think it's talked about enough. This was vital that the Knicks at least showed some heartbeat this year. And in fact, they've shown it in a way where 
the Nets, I, I joke, you know, Blade is like a helicopter you could take to go from Manhattan to like Long Island and avoid all the traffic, right? That's what all the rich people do. And then the rest of us, you know, we jump in a cab and deal with the smell and the traffic. And so the Knicks are really more like you take the cab, whereas the Nets are Blade. So Nick band or New Yorkers tend to relate more with the blue collar than with the cake eaters. So it's amazing how the franchise has sort of flipped. And that's what you've got right now is I like the Knicks because it's not going to come easy for them. And that's how we are, you know, that was necessary. Cause if they tried to start chase and just sign a bunch of lower end stars and it, that wouldn't have worked. This is actually the better contrast to what Brooklyn's got. So it, yeah. If they play each other in the playoffs, it'll be even more amazing to watch. Okay, so disregard what I was going to ask because we can build off this. What does a playoff series between the Nets and the Knicks potentially look like? Uh, gentlemen's sweep. <laughs> I mean, I'll be, I'm going to be honest. I mean, the Nets are – if they're at full health, they're scary good, right? And you would think maybe the Knicks with their defense, maybe they can get one. But, you know, they've had good games this year against each other. They weren't blowouts. They end up having some pretty significant endings to them. But the Nets have never been at full health. So we don't know when you add that third piece, you know, just how tough they're going to be to play against. But it doesn't mean the first couple of games you'll get that kind of, you know, energy around a series like that. If you're the Knicks, though, you'd rather it be in the second round than in the first round. Alan, you remember, uh, you're, you're old enough to remember, you know, the hot ticket at the Garden and, you know, and then Jay-Z coming in Brooklyn and all of that. How much do you think, from your perspective, pandemic, no crowds has kind of tamped down on the the craziness zaniness that there would have been had there been full arenas all through this yeah if you asked me what's the most disappointing thing about this season that's exactly what i would have told you and i've told this to the rookies emmanuel quickly and obi toppin because i said how's the building been like and they're like oh it's just amazing the nick fans are just they're so loud and i'm like you guys have no idea so i told i, I was telling them once i did an event with them and i said i'm going to tell you a story the first game carmelo anthony played for the knicks they played the the milwaukee bucks right out of all-star break and msg networks i was still at newsday at the time i was still a writer but msg networks asked me to do a stand-up on the court uh for the pre-game broadcast could you stay there and just you know, give us like the, you know, the, the, what it's like court level when Mello comes out. That's sure. So I wait, we're just, you know, back and forth with Al Troutwick, the host. And then when it was Mello's time, you lay out and you wait. So they do the intros, gets to Mello, they introduce him, place is dark, he comes out. And now like, I don't know if you ever experienced white noise before where you suddenly can't hear anything. It just sounds like static. That happened to my ears. Then I felt this. <laughs> now, the, now the garden court, all right, at MSG is on the fifth floor. So it's yeah, not on the no. ground floor. So it's, it just starts doing this. And I'm like, <laughs> like, is everybody else feeling that? Like, yeah, like it yeah, was yeah. really weird. And it's just, you know, it was only for, you know, again, if you're in LA, you've been through an earthquake. It's only, for, you know, a fraction of a, like maybe 30, 20 seconds, not even 20, maybe 10 seconds. Yeah. But it was just enough for me to go like, like vertical, like, whoa, like what? I can't hear. I'm moving. What is going on? <laughs> so they come back to me as the lights come up and Charlie asked me, so how was that? And I was like, that was amazing. <laughs> like, you know, like, and I'm not even playing. So I told those guys that story and they were just like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, yeah. It, the floor shakes. And um, 
Phil Jackson's even told that story when he was a head coach of the Bulls, how in a huddle he asked his, his assistants, he's like, is the floor shaking or is it just me? <laughs> so that's what they're missing. Having 18,000 people in that yeah. building who have missed being relevant for eight years, mm -hmm. having a team like this to cheer for. And maybe they'll get a bigger crowd for the postseason because I do think they're going to uh, they're going to expand the um, amount of people. The capacity percentage, I think, will go up in the time for the postseason. So you won't get the 18,000, but it'll get closer, and, and hopefully they'll experience some of those raucous cheers. If you'd like to hear more from Alan Hahn, check out the full version of Catch and Shoot 2.0 from Pure Hoops Media. You can also see the video version of the Catch and Shoot Quick Hitter on the Pure Hoops Media YouTube channel.